morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us and somebody who needs no introduction on our channel, a longtime friend of the show and a renowned educator in the crypto community. Waters Above is joining the show, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto regulation. With the SEC being handed losses in Ripple and Grayscale cases, we discuss the inevitability of spot products in the USA. As Ripple is continuing to expand all across the world, as over 500 partnerships are confirmed to have been established, we debate the potential of global settlement currencies heading into 2024. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I am fired up this morning and I think it's because Waters is here. Maybe something's in the air, but I'm super excited for today's episode. How you feeling, my friend? Abs, I'm fired up too, and I totally agree with Tim. Thank you for turning on your mic today. We're very, very happy. <laughs> That's what it stays on throughout the episode, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good morning to all the war maniacs out there. We love you guys. Appreciate you for showing up every single day. Things are heating up in the market. Everybody's excited, and I'm excited because we got waters above here today. So not only do we get to chat with our brother Mario, but we got waters in the house. Gonna get fun. Mario, last time Waters joined the program, we had to talk about the Mexican aliens that were released that day. Today, we're talking a lot more about crypto. There's some exciting content to get into. So first of all, how are you feeling, Mario? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling good. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing amazing, everybody live and listening in the future. But hopefully we do get to talk a little bit more about crypto. I'm excited. That's what I came here for. And I always love listening to Waters. So I'm super excited for today's episode, sending him love and Johnny and Abs as well. Thank you so much, Mario. And I want to say thank you to Waters again. These podcasts are just as much a learning experience for me as it is for our listeners. So I want to say thank you to you for joining us this morning. How are you feeling? And thanks for making time for us. Yeah, I'm doing better every day. It's great to reconnect with you guys. I'm excited to chat a little bit about this market and just recap everything that's gone down since the last time we connected. And there's a lot of exciting stuff to get into. We're going to talk about $1 XRP, $50,000 Bitcoin. If you watch Waters Above YouTube channel, Get ready for some exciting content today as well. And we already got 307 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, I want to give you the floor for just a moment before we dive into this episode because Merlin has successfully launched and we have over 1,000 users using the application. I just want to take a moment to say congratulations as that's a big milestone for not only the app, but for you personally, my friend. So before we get into the crypto content today, congratulations. And how do you feel about 1,000 users scaling? I know that was a goal for the program. Yeah, you know, Abs, thanks. Uh, I really want to thank everybody. It's not me. It's a whole team of people doing it. But more importantly is we're getting it out there. We're getting it in the hands of people. And as you heard on our show last night, people are using it. People are, are you know, people are sending me screenshots <laughs> of their alerts to get out of the market. You know, they know they're finally learning to take profits and get out. And if you follow like Waters Above, you'll notice when XRP pumped when on the news, Waters took some profits. You got to take profits on these things, guys. Smart money doesn't sit and hold forever. You, you're not going to make any money on that. So that to me is the most exciting part is we're getting it in the hands of people. 
people are using it, people trying out. You get free 30 days. Click on the link below um, and try it out, guys. What have you got to lose? Just get yourself prepared. And you know what was cool? One guy said to me, Johnny, having the app made me change my mindset. Doing the exit strategy forced me to think about when I'm going to get out. He goes, until this, I didn't even have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm like, oh, my God. If you're going to get in a market, you better know when you're going to get out or you're not going to get out. You're going to do what most people do. You're going to watch it go up. You're going to keep thinking it's going up because the media is going to tell you this and it's going to come back down. So, yeah, abs is very, very exciting. Thanks. Thanks and for sharing. Waters, just an update from this morning. Some of the daily movers we got, AVAX is up 15%, but roast of the market, it's up either 5 or 10% across the board. And I'm not sure if my Wi-Fi is coming in clearly. This week, I'm having connection issues. So, Johnny, just continue to update me because I am getting a low Wi-Fi signal. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. We just went through some of the daily movers, but as you guys can see, it is green bubbles across the board. We got XLM also up 2%, and I don't see XRP. Here it is up about 2% on the day. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.59 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 54% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 43800 Ethereum is 2300 XRP is $0.63, cents, and Cardano trading at $0.45. Cents. Waters, we already got 437 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'd like to get this thing started off correctly and just kick it straight over to you, Waters, for some TA, or just to break down whatever's on your mind before you dive into that. But I watched your video from earlier this week, and I found a lot of the information would be extremely helpful and relevant to what we're experiencing right now. So with that being said, I'd love to give you the open floor. And if you'd like to dive into the TA, floor is yours. Sure. So I guess a way to get this started is to talk about the cyclicality of Bitcoin regarding what it's doing right now. Now, what it's doing right now is no different than all the past cycles, especially with the timing of it all leading into the next Bitcoin having. And right here on the screen, you're just going to see this current cycle we're in and a FIB retracement tool pulled from our current all-time high down to the cycle low that we got about a year ago. And you're going to see this area mapped out here in yellow golden color it's the 786 and the 618 the golden pocket and you have that x there showing that this is a potential bull trap so a lower high and a level where we're overextended in the short term and anticipate a pullback and now that you could see this very clearly as to what's going on right now i just want to zoom out to the past cycle before and show you what occurred so here we have this fib pulled from that swing high all-time high of around twenty thousand back in december 2017 fib pulled to the swing low one year later exactly how it went this time and then we moved all the way up into this golden pocket as you can see mapped out here which then led to a pretty arduous correction and it was about 50 percent pullback disregarding this black swan event i'm going to go to this cycle here where you can see again fib pulled from this swing high over in pretty much late november december 2013 one year later you have your low same and then you gravitate up to this golden pocket and then this led to a pretty drastic quick correction as well you could see about 40 percent before we continued up into fulfilling you know our price discovery cycle as usual then i'm going to go to this first cycle we ever had which is one that's often disregarded and we're going to show you that we pretty much have the same thing happen where we have 
FIB pulled from swing high to swing low. We gravitate up to this golden pocket. Big rejection. This one was very sharp. It was actually about 50% correction in 48 hours. And then again, recovery onto this price discovery cycle. So what we need to discuss is that when Bitcoin enters this golden pocket territory, we usually move up very quickly to the top of it. And then we get a harsh rejection and we could actually stay below the prior highs for quite some time. As you see here, it took about 150, 160 days until we got higher than whatever high we planted at that moment. So let me just show you in this next iteration what's going on here so we have this rejection again followed by a 40 percent pullback and it took about 160 170 days before we broke that high that was made over here and continued up so what this tells me is that bitcoin is in its final moments of completing this move it should be completed by this month meaning we could be moving up to about 50k as high as 55 56 depending on how overextended this wants to get and on the same day, we could be bought, uh, we could be sold off below the seven eight six fib, below fifty thousand, and then within the following week, break below forty k again. That's how fast that could all go down. And then we would be below wherever that high was for the next hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy, maybe even two hundred days, if we wanted to consider an elongated cycle. So that kind of gives you the play on Bitcoin on what's going on and. The last video that I released, I talked a lot about this, that once we're going to break above this 618 FIB on a daily close, so anything above 39K on Bitcoin, we should anticipate this finality of a bull trap. So to clear this up for anyone that's new to the technical terms, a bull trap just means it's going to feel like we're still bullish. It's going to feel like we're going to go on to all-time highs, but we're not. Um, it would be insanely surprising if we were to, just considering we have over a decade of chart data that I just went through with you, where we have the same effect over and over again, moving up into the top of this golden pocket, rejection, sideways, and then we move through the Bitcoin halving, and we could talk about that a little later. Hey, Waters, I got a question for you. That's awesome analysis. Can you zoom in on the latest one? Yeah, right there. So when you look at that, when we start to hit that golden pocket and most likely get rejected, if we were to apply, what would you say on average we've been seeing about a 30 to 40% pullback? What would that put us at price-wise? Would it put us somewhere in that 30 and the 0.5? Uh, are we looking at around the 32,000? Yeah. Pick? So what do, you what do you think would be a good averaging a sure. place where people may want to DCA back in? What's a range that would be that you would expect it to someone fall into? Totally. So what we're going to do is, and I didn't go into the specifics in the, um, just when I was talking before, but you could go check out my recent YouTube video for anyone that's here that wants the exact, if you go to the daily close that we have leading into the top of this golden pocket, we've seen Bitcoin goes up about 38 to 45% every time, which is also pretty amazing because all the people that say back in 2012, we were more volatile, you know, that's not the case. When we're looking at it phase by phase, it's actually matching up pretty closely. So we could see about a 38% 30 move gets us to 54,000 and a 45% move gets us to around 56,000. And then off of that level, if we were to consider a 30% correction, that'd be bringing us to right around where we were trading before we broke out. So that'd be about 39K Bitcoin. And if we were to only make it up to about the initial level I told you, which was a 38%, move 
that'd be from like around the 54k let's just call it 53 to be considered diminishing gains and that would bring you still within the same fractal we were grinding in before we broke out so that 30% correction is somewhere between 35 to 39k bitcoin but i want everyone to consider the fact that we have this one standout uh that's isolating all of this which is this etf news so just yeah. consider that if we were to overextend because of that because of over bullish speculation let's just say we did make it to the full target of 56 and then we had a 50% correction we could be coming back to around 29,000 and that would be very dramatic wow. wow but what i want to share is the wow. buyback on that move could happen within the next 3 days so i'll i'll give you the play by play Let's just say next week at the beginning of the week, we were at 53, 54. You know, I want everyone to remember this because this could be pretty much how it goes down. Then we were to have about a 30, 40% uh, correction and then wick down to about, you know, 28, bounce and be right back to this 37 territory, 38 territory in two trading days. And then we could effectively still be holding this uh, bottom of the golden pocket level and trading around it like we did over here for, believe it or not, almost four weeks. We could be right back there. So the move to the, to the upside could last a single day. The move to the downside could last a single day. And then you're just kind of ranging. And that range could last you some time. I suspect, you know, getting through that Bitcoin ETF approval phase, trading into the new year options exp expiration you know there's so many other things to take into consideration but what that means is you need to have limit orders set if you're somebody who's trying to take advantage of this and the bitcoin play is not over you know uh regarding what the potential upside targets could be in the future i think a lot of there's been a lot of popular videos coming out lately from really big channels talking about we're only going to 80k in the next cycle or we're only going to like 74 in the next cycle i don't really want to talk about that stuff today and i'm not trying to call out any analysts like i respect everyone for sharing their truth but needless to say like i think bitcoin has always surprised us even when it broke out on thanksgiving back in 2020 seeing it do what it seeing it go up to 42k pretty much instantly and then all of that stuff going on with Tesla and Elon Musk. I mean, that was all surprising. There was a lot of hate against Bitcoin at that time. And it caught everyone off guard. Right? Yep. Waters, one of the questions that I have for you is we've been looking at this chart for quite a while now. The psychology of the market chart that they show on Wall Street. And I think it applies perfectly to the Bitcoin chart from the last cycle. You can even see the minimum. I know it's not exactly the same, but it's very close with this double peak heading into the complacency phase. Where do you think we are in this chart right now? Because... There's a lot of speculation about, are we in a bull market? Is there another massive red flag or, or black swan event on the horizon? I'm not yeah. asking for the answers to that question, but what I am wondering is from your perspective, where do you see us within this chart? Sure. We're at hope. So do you believe that, oh, wow, we are at hope. So we're past disbelief and we are into the hope phase from your perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Disbelief was pretty much this moment back during the March 10th crash that we had across the board with Silicon Valley bank failure. So this is why because remember the rebound off of that, you you could look at any chart and you could see if I do you want me to quickly uh, just quickly go over to my chart? I want yep. everyone to consider what that disbelief looked like on the chart that abs was showing. And it's just this final bear trap you see below this two, three, six. 
and then quick buyback. And then what I want you to pay attention to is this peak right here on August 15th and this peak right here on February 20th. You could see that's clean what we back tested on June and August lows before we rallied. So we had like effectively a double top sort of vibe in the micro cycle. And then we came back to test it twice with higher lows effectively and higher lows across the board throughout the entire year before a very dramatic breakout for the highest market cap asset in this asset class. So this right here, this little weird V-shaped dip, that was your, that was your uh, disbelief. And then right now we're in hope. Perspective, one of the things that we're looking at that could be different this time, we look at the four cycles the same way you do. We learn from you, Water. So what we're trying to do is figure out what are the similarities and what are the differences can we look at 2017? Can we look at 2021? And can we apply that to what's happening today? When I look at the structure and the way that the market has been acting, from my very limited perspective, I see a lot of similarities to 2017 as opposed to the 2021 market cycle. And what that tells me is there's actually more opportunity for these altcoins than there was during 2021. So what do you see from an altcoin perspective? We're going to get into XRP specifically, but do you believe that this time is going to be just as volatile and parabolic as we saw previously? Or what are you seeing from your perspective? Um, are you talking about Bitcoin or altcoins now? Altcoins. Um, yeah, like I think that we're, we're pretty much generally going to see what we've seen in the past where we have Bitcoin steal a lot of dominance as it goes into price discovery. And then that liquidity is going to flow into the alts. The only thing is, is what regulation happens between now and then? You know, what clarity is between now and then? Because my outlook is that it's still going to fulfill in this Q4 timeframe for Bitcoin next year. So we should be seeing the end of the Bitcoin bull run sometime around November through, let's just call it January, February, latest 2025. You know, kind of Q4 of 2024 into Q1 2025. Wow. And then we should see alt season pretty much within seven to 14 days of that. One other thing to mention, too, is that uh, you could see it when you're pulled up on my chart. I forgot to take the chart off. Um, we had the year of the dragon and the Chinese zodiac during the first Bitcoin like bull run. You know, um, it's pretty amazing to have this data because now we could use it. You know, I made a video where I talked about the Chinese zodiac year of the rabbit and moving into the year of the dragon for the stock market. And there's been some patterns. Um, and of course, this also aligns with election years. So for these people that don't believe in this old Chinese Zodiac thing, fine. Like we have that data too. We have the data for pre-election year and election year. Uh, needless to say, what I've been seeing is that, um, now I don't want to inject any hopium into anyone right now, but this year of the dragon moving into the year of the snake double bull run thing, it's possible, man. Like, I know that sounds, that sounds like a, like, you know me, like I'm not here yeah. to push uh, anything outside of truth. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be part of my investment thesis because there needed to be a reason for that, for that move. And if you look at XRP's chart at that time, XLM's chart at that time, you could see what it did. I believe even uh, like Monero was trading back then too. So there is a, there is another, um, you know, story behind how this alt season can go. 
I hope people are open-minded to this. But we do need to be exoteric for a second and talk about the Bitcoin ETF stuff, plus the fact that we could have, you know, Ripple IPO, we could have, um, you know, the case be over between the SEC and Ripple. We could have more action between the SEC going after other blockchain companies and doing what they do best, like the Grim Reaper. So, yeah, like I think that um, there's going to be a lot to go down in Q1, Q2, but I think they're probably going to ease off in Q3, Q4 leading into the election because they want you to be distracted by other shit. You know, that's how investing is like they want to distract you with politics so that you're not focused on this life changing opportunity. Oh, one of the things and I'm going to talk a little bit and I love what you're saying about but when I look at XRP, the number one argument that continues to come up right now is that we could see more explosive movement this time around because the SEC lawsuit isn't holding us back. Do believe, first of all, that the SEC lawsuit did affect the XRP price during 2021? And if so, do you think that suppression, like that, like there's a saying in, in trading, longer the base, the higher in space. XRP's base is about six and a half years long right now. I don't know how much longer it can get than that, Waters. Does that mean that we're looking at more optimism because of all that built-up momentum? Or is that just something people are saying? Yeah, yeah, it has something to do with it for sure. Like when you consider a chart that's been holding its structure and building up so much over such a long time horizon, especially for such a volatile asset class, well, yeah, of course you need to consider that. Um, we could talk a little bit about this if you want, um, the Wyckoff cycle for XRP and I can't even believe I drew out these fucking arrows the way I did because we are legitimately like, yeah, it's wild. I don't even remember when I made this chart. I brought it up today because I wanted a cleaner chart for you guys because yesterday I was talking with the bearable bull. I did an interview with him and I was using <laughs> I was using my chart, like the charts I typically use for my own uh, research and development. Anyways, uh, I feel like this is cleaner, but we could talk about this and kind of like build off of the idea that you were just um, theorizing. That sounds perfect, you guys. If you're looking at the screen right now, get your screenshot ready because when I'm creating my exit plan, this is something that factors in. I go to Waters, I go to Bearable Bull, I look at all their different exit plans, and then I use that to construct my own. We already got 701 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. A special thank you to Waters Above for joining us this morning. But I'd love for you to break down what's on the screen. So floor is yours, Waters. Yeah, Absolutely. So for those that are new to Wyckoff method, um, go look it up. I teach it in my crypto mastermind course this way that you could have what I call a market compass, like where you load up any chart and within a minute, you'll know exactly where you are in that chart. And then you no longer have to reach out to somebody else to answer that question for you. So a big piece to my work is creating self-reliant investors and self-reliant traders. I want you to be able to do this without me. And when I learned Wyckoff, I didn't need to pay attention to anyone else's uh, content anymore. No offense, but it allowed me to make my decisions with my own money. And that's ultimately what this is all about, right? So with Wyckoff Method, we could break down the most crucial steps. And we have a very nice chart right here playing out a clean Wyckoff accumulation schematic where you have buying climax as your current all-time high. Buying climax means that your buying pressure is exhausted. Then down here, you have your selling climax. I could actually map this out for everyone. So down here, you have your, your selling climax, which was effectively the C19 crash, this black swan, where all of your selling pressure is exhausted. And then you spring out of that. So this is effectively a bear trap. 
Okay. It gets you thinking that you're just going to keep breaking and breaking and breaking regarding this horizontal structure that was placed before it. And it, yeah, it, it traps shorts. Anyways, selling pressure is exhausted after buying pressure is exhausted. And then you have it go in the opposite direction. This is called automatic rally, or you could call it a relief rally, or um, I just like to look at it as the automatic rally. It's simple to remember. When you move up into the golden pocket, remember we were just talking about this with the Bitcoin chart, moving up into this golden pocket signals a bull trap, okay? So this is how the market maker gets you, and they extend these time horizons out so fucking far that you don't even know what to do. But if you had Wyckoff method as one of your tools, you would not have let this go down the way that it did, where you did not take action, all right? So anyone who's new to my work, I started my YouTube channel around this time believe it or not. And I was publicly talking about selling my XRP at $1.40, $50, $50, $60. And it had everything to do with this. Also taking this AR and combining where the RSI was on macro timeframes. And I don't want to get too technical right now, but needless to say, you must de-risk the AR. It's not a joke because it could lead to what we're in right now, where we've effectively been below it for over a thousand days. And there's no reason to not take a little bit off, you know, out of the gambling casino. Now, since this AR, you can sometimes see something called a spring where we actually break down to the bottom area. That would be anything below 25 cents in this particular, um, you know, chart. We have been actually holding higher lows, which is really, really nice. And if I was to draw a trend line right here, let me see if I could get it you're going to be able to see that we've been holding this structure on the bottom. So we have from the selling climax C19 crash, the end or the start of the SEC case where they uh, had our the lawsuit kick off. Then you gravitate back to it at the end of the 2021 bull run. We traded on this trend line and we're still kind of hanging out there. In this in this region so i don't want to make this chart look too messy but after we have um so much stru structure built horizontally the next move you have is an sos which is a break above your automatic rally and if i was to turn off my candlesticks i would just look to wherever my highs are at least on a five-day weekly bi-weekly chart monthly is better especially when you're talking about two thousand days of data um, you want to start closing macro candle closures above this level. So I believe on a weekly, it's about $1.60 XRP. If we can start trading uh, weekly candles above 160 170 we could effectively have XRP break all-time high in that same week. Um, and then I won't go any further because this is probably enough information. Unless you have a question. Mario, I'm going to give you the floor, but yeah. we got 727 people here. If you guys have questions for Waters, throw your questions in the live chat. And if they're if they're relevant and if they're good enough, they will be asked on the show. But floor is yours, Mario. Thanks, Abs. Uh, I, so, uh, Waters, as I was listening and I, as I look at that that chart, it, it makes complete sense. One of the things that is kind of flowing around the XRP community when it comes to price action is obviously the thought that the XRP price has been heavily manipulated. We've gone through years of this lawsuit, which could have caused price suppression and therefore not allowing XRP to go on a run uh, in the last bull run. So according to your analysis, and as you show that chart, I'm, I'm sure you've already pretty much given your answer, but as you look at the analysis of the price, 
do you feel like there has been uh, any kind of price manipulation or has XRP just kind of been following this this uh, Wyckoff that, that you've talked about? I mean, it would be cute to say that this is all manipulated and it's not like doing whatever. But like ultimately, I think it's a technical play. Like I think it's a pretty technical play. I think that also seeing the type of alt season that we saw last time, it would not have happened the way that it happened if it wasn't for what the Fed was doing. All right. So when everything just gets uber speculative, people need to understand that you could use $100,000 and move a market when you're talking about like a meme coin. Right. So a lot of like funny money was just going and playing the gambling, you know, was playing the slot machine here. And it wasn't focused on these big players such as XRP, clearly, you know, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I want to say that it's a technical play. And it you we could we could come up with all the reasons why and include the SEC case and all of this, but we've talked about this before. If that is the case, then why did XLM not make a new all-time high? Right in the last yep. cycle, or why did Monero not make new all-time highs? Why did Dash not make? Why did Litecoin trade the way that it did? Bitcoin Litecoin, yep. Bitcoin Cash, sure. So <clears throat> there's so many of those pro those OG projects, and and funny enough, uh, I know you guys are aware of this. I talked about this probably in my crypto mastermind course as well. How like you need to move on from some of those OG projects, actually. Like if you if you build venture capital family, like I want everyone to be aware of this. If you're gonna build venture capital moving forward, have it be speculative shit. Like don't have it be that OG stuff. All this Bitcoin Cash and BSV and all that's yeah, that's old news. You got to move on. Yeah, you know I want that's perfect segue for where I wanted to hop in. Actually, we talked about this last night on the Merlin Twitter Spaces. One of the things I think is happening with XRP and XLM is. And I wasn't around in 2017, so this is purely my my perspective or take on what I think has happened in kind of being in this space for four years now. When I go back and look at all the news that was happening in 2017 and talking about the idea of a blockchain or a cryptocurrency that's going to facilitate and take over the transactions of the SWIFT and the banking system and provide this new cool solution, new to the world that nobody had heard about. You saw XRP skyrocket. It exploded. The narrative, the news. It was a great story, great narrative. Money flooding in left to right. All-time highs and things skyrocketed, right? That was 2017. What are we talking about 2023? What's the new narrative to drive it? Let's face it, the bottom line, and you kind of hinted on this, Waters, the only way this stuff moves up or down is money has to come in, right? Either the Fed turns a printing press on, money comes in, or somebody gets excited, somebody comes in, or regulation. New money needs to come in. So the right. question I think about is, A, where is the new money that's going to come in? What is it? And B, what narratives is that new money going to go chase? And I, I, I kind of tend to agree to some degree. It feels like the XRP news is old news. And if they don't come up with a new narrative, whether it's tokenization and AI, which are going to be the two hot topics in the next one. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's not surprising that, you know, it's just kind of sitting here fuddling. I agree with you. Some of this OG old stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's real world use case utility and adoption, then this stuff is going to eventually take off. But yeah. we're in speculative phase right now. But I, I've been I've been trying to get people to like calm not you necessarily, but just people in general to calm down a little bit about all this utility talk. Like right. I I have a feeling that the more popular something gets, the less ROI it has. 
That's always been my take. Oh, like if you study the dot com bubble, I think you got your answer there. So Absolutely. here's the thing: like buy these huge crashes while they're here. Like a lot of these altcoins are down ninety five percent still, even if they've rallied over a hundred percent the last couple of weeks. You know, it's not financial advice. I'm not a financial investor, but what we're seeing happen right now is every time Bitcoin makes a little move and then chills for a moment in its move right now you know everything since that last solar eclipse and i think we talked about that in the last time we got together everything since mid-october every time bitcoin makes a move you're gonna wake up and look at your charts and see a random coin up 15 to 30 percent like it's just the way this is right now you know a lot of things are still heavily down the issue is why are people getting excited on the day that it's up 30 percent you know that's the second part of this conversation so I just want people to like, yeah, people need to be more present about all of this and not get so caught up in this idea that the utility behind XRP and all these ISO 222 compliance tokens will somehow be the reason behind why it will have a dramatic um, ROI in the future. I actually don't believe that. I believe the more stupid money focuses on a project, the more ROI it has. Not smart money. Smart money is long-term, boring. They're diversified and and they're not diversified into crypto. They don't give a fuck. That's Rich right. people, wealthy people, don't care about crypto. That's let me right. just get this. Let me just finish this. This off. Wealthy people don't care about crypto. They're doing totally. Di you think they want to pay this forty percent capital gains taxes and all this? No, they buy mansions. They sell it to their friends. They have these country club memberships where they're getting all this, you know, lending because they know the CFO of a small bank somewhere who could give them money to then flip it into something else, and then it goes offshore into Bermuda somewhere. Mm -hmm. And people Thank need you. a people need a people need to wake up. You know, Waters, I can add something when we uh, we uh, interviewed Gary Cardone last Friday. And what he told us is he works with 22 families with a net worth of over 50 million dollars out of those 22 families. Seven of them are invested in crypto. All seven are only invested in Bitcoin. Fifteen of the <laughs> 15 of the 22 families don't own crypto and, and are claiming they're in the process of determining its validity in 2023. So I thought that just adds to your point. I'll, I'll, I'll rest my case. Uh, well, actually, and what he said was they're only looking to come into Bitcoin if they do come in. Absolutely. And, I, and, it, yep. and that's another thing that I want people to realize. Like when we talk about wealthy people, they only have one word that comes out of their mouth when it deals with crypto. And that's Bitcoin. That's right. It's not Ethereum. It's not Shiba Inu. It's not oh. Cardano. It's not uh, Proton. Right. It's none of that. And that's not me saying, by the way, family, that's not me saying don't get invested in this. I'm invested. I have like 12 different uh, holdings in my venture capital bag, but I'm a trader. I know how to make these moves. Also, I know how to get off the capital gains tax issue. Like before, I'll, I shared this transparently. I made a really nice play on XRP this year. You guys are well aware. I was yep. buying in around 30 cents and then I de-risked at that 80 cent level. But I already had some of my bag from the last cycle below 20 cents. Like it was pretty much traded into this like 22 20 and sometimes 19 so i had a really i've been doing well with xrp I'm, I'm being transparent here so when i made that move 
I knew I would have capital gains implications. So yep. what did I do? I sold other venture capital plays at a loss for yep. capital gains for tax uh, loss harvesting. So you just need to know how to play this game. And people thought that I was selling at a loss because I was like making a bad trade. I'm like, this is methodical family. Like I've been thinking about this like a chess player. Like I know everything I'm doing. And you you think I'm worried about taking a 30% loss when I can make that up in a single day. Exactly. I can make that up in a single day. So, yep. but remember, as we're trying to get rich, if that's something that's in your goals, I want you to I want you to then think switch to wealthy. Once you become, you know, once you're starting to get to your goals, then you need to switch to the wealth mindset. And wealthy people are just not concerned about this this altcoin mess. It's too much. It's too it's it's a headache. You know, it's really a headache. It, luckily enough for me, I'm like a nerd, so it doesn't bother me. But I, I'm the type of guy that like I can do this stuff without it getting the best of me because that's my personality type. I'm yeah. more like an engineer in that way. And as a decoder working with all these numbers and all this stuff, you know, that's even crazier than looking at an XR, looking at a chart, mm -hmm. excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, it just depends on the type of person you are. But all the wealthy people have ever, not rich people, all the wealthy people have ever spoken to, you say Ethereum to them and they say, what did you just say? Yeah. They think you, they think you're talking yeah. about, they think you're talking about some venture capital company in like San Francisco <laughs> or something. They don't have a fucking idea. Even crazier. I've, and that was kind of disappointing for me because when I first entered this market, my thought was, oh, the smart people are in the altcoins, not Bitcoin. There's more right. opportunity in the altcoins. It's the yeah. opposite. All of the safe money, all the big money is going to flood into Bitcoin because it's going to be offered. It's going to be insured. And we're seeing that with the Bitcoin ETF. Guys, we got 870 live listeners here. Well, Show think about think about bitcoin over the past 10 years it's done exactly what it was kind of designed to do as the dollar weakens bitcoin and has price discovery like right so it's doing what it's designed to do if you zoom out if you quickly bring up my screen and just we go back to this chart that i was looking at yep you're gonna see a totally different vibe in this chart you know when i when i zoom all the way out right like this is the bitcoin chart yeah. and now we're gonna pull up the xrp chart right and we're just going to show like what we're working with here. All right. Like wow. I'm not, this isn't to like throw shade at anyone. Again, I'm a huge XRP holder. It's my second biggest holding, but XRP's for rich people. Bitcoin's for wealthy people. Look at the difference. Oh yeah. No doubt. This I is a, this, this is like curving. <laughs> this thing looks like a stair step. <laughs> yep. So hey. um, again, like there's opportunity. There's a lot of ROI in XRP because of where it's at. But you have to think like a trader, all right? You can't be thinking like this super long-term hodler as an XRP investor, especially if it's over 20% of your portfolio. So for anyone right now that you're over 20% in XRP, you must think like a trader. And I get it. A lot of people are like, I'm holding XRP for my kids' retirement someday. It's like they're thinking like, to a time where we won't even have like we won't even be humans anymore we'll we'll be like a fucking have cyborg arms you know like don't worry about that time we're we're here we're now like worry about yeah. the now i agree with you so waters let me ask you a question because the one thing you kind of hinted on this a bit we'll go back to bitcoin because i think bitcoin drives the whole market none of us here are bitcoin maxes at all you know we're all, all coin, we're all coin players but we're smart enough to know the wealthier playing with Bitcoin, Bitcoin kind of drives this market. It's the king. And then everything kind of just, you know, whatever falls out of the pockets, the crumbs that fall out, that comes to the altcoins, right? So the question I have for you is this. This time, 
in this bull run, completely different from the prior ones, where now we have the elites coming in. They've moved in. Their chess pieces are on the board. They've taken over the sandbox. They own it. And this Bitcoin ETF is coming. Tell me, what's your thoughts? Does that impact this differently from the prior bull runs? Are you expecting literally the same exact behavior and nothing changes for your cycles? And we'll see nothing. You know, this will just be news. It'll be sell the rumor. Buy, you know, sell, buy the news, sell the <clears throat> kind of thing. It's not going to be anything. Or do you think this is going to bring a flood of money into this space that's going to legitimize Bitcoin and now make it a true real thing in the future and maybe even stabilize the price over time. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it will bring in a lot of money because of what we were just talking about before, how like this, uh, sorry, I don't, you said Gary Cardone. Yeah. We had um, Gary on Grant's brother. Not Grant. Yeah. That's the, the Grant's the, the, the twin brother. They look at, they're identical twins actually. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get, you, you got to get me and Grant Cardone on together. I want to talk to, we'll I want to talk it. to him about yeah. Scientology. Uh, well, he may not join that conversation, but I know, but why? Yeah. Like, shouldn't you be? Shouldn't you be like super about your faith? You know, like Lord Is he Zeno a Scientologist? Or Is yeah. he a Scientologist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. We're having we're having dinner with him next month, so we'll have to have talk to him. About yeah, that. yeah. Let him know about Waters Above. Tell him shout out. You have our word, Waters. You have my yeah. word, brother. Yeah, and then yeah, we'll yeah. try to get you on the show with him one time. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring up the Scientology first time. No, but... no, we won't. We won't bring that up. We won't bring that up. <laughs> He's spicy though. I like I, I like how spicy he gets. Anyways, yeah. um, so the question and the the theory is that those fifty people that he uh, works with or whatever, you know, they're gonna be their ears are gonna perk up. They're gonna start to now care, and yep. you know, they're not. I believe back in twenty twenty when I really started to get heavily focused on this whole crypto game, I got a statistic that f- about. 500 us dollars let me know if i'm wrong i think it's about 500 us dollars invested in crypto made you the one percent crypto holders considering the global population so when you go across all wallets if you have just 500 us dollars in crypto you are already in the one percent so that was pretty mind-blowing to hear right and if you're thinking like, well, billionaires, you know, multi, multi-millionaires, they're playing with six figures minimum when it comes to investments and plays they do. Like they're not doing a $50 investment in uh Theta. You know, this isn't this is silly. Like their dinner costs $500. Like you think they're playing around with 50 bucks. Here's another so, example with Gary. And sorry to cut you off. Um, okay. what he said was, don't even talk to me if you're playing with less than a hundred thousand dollars. That's a quote. Yeah, right. there you go. Again, I rest my case. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it sounds like me and this guy had a conversation telepathically <laughs> or something. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's just because I, but you know, like I'll, I'll be transparent here. Like there are people in this world that have found my work and they have crazy high net worth and they're like, you know something. You know, you have access to information that we could benefit from supremely with our millions of dollars. And then they start telling me the capital they hold and it blows my mind, you know? So like it's, I'm very grateful that people trust in me and my vision and like, you know, kind of this more esoteric approach to the markets and to see really wealthy people start to care. It it shows, you know, we're, we're moving into the age of, of consciousness expansion. You know, that's a totally separate conversation. But anyways, getting back on track, I think that those types, those wealthy types due to this Bitcoin ETF, uh, you know, move, 
they will start to they will start to consider it and all of the money managers in the world all the financial advisors all those people are going to start to be like well this is an instrument now that we could use we could actually and they're going to use uh charts and you know all this stuff to send to their investors and kind of show them like this they're going to market it on them why because they get fat fees Yep. And wouldn't you, as a financial advisor or some sort of money manager, wouldn't you want to uh, promote this particular asset when it has this type of performance over the past decade? So it's like you're you're winning every time. Why would you not promote this? They're just waiting for the day that this Bitcoin ETF thing moves through, right? Because then they can feel confident and then they no longer have to call it a scam or whatever they were believing before. Anyways, I think that that in and of itself could bring in the type of people that are only working with $600,000 or more when it comes to an investment they make. It'll no longer be the game of the smaller investor. Um, that also, another thing to mention that I think adds adds more weight to this is most investors in, in crypto don't even want to touch Bitcoin. I, I know this firsthand because when I started my channel, I was doing portfolio reviews and I don't do this service anymore. So please, no one ask. But at the time I, I was doing them and I didn't, I never saw any Bitcoin in anyone's portfolio. I did at least a thousand of these. All right. I had no life. I was wow. drowning in them, but it taught me a lot. I got to learn about what do people invest in? You know, what is your portfolio? Like, how do you build it? And it was a lot of these 80% XRP portfolios. It was a lot of these like super venture capital focused portfolios. When I wrote back to these people like, hey, you might want to consider de-risking this to be at least 50% of Bitcoin when we enter the bear market. Just consider words of wisdom. No one really listened. Then all portfolios lost 90% of its value, you know? So the the idea here was like people don't touch bitcoin in retail like it's not that i think this last cycle got a lot of the people that were like sucked in by michael saylor that's probably what happened the people that are like 20 to 40k bitcoin is not too expensive you understand that's i think he was sucking in a lot of those people with his like charisma or whatever he has you know he was doing a good job now Moving forward with this Bitcoin ETF thing, the sailors are going to come out again and start doing what they do best, the talking heads of the of the crypto sphere. And they're going to start sucking in the people that have these higher net worths. They're going to be more confident in the play. So to answer your question uh, in this very detailed way, I still think the four-year cycles are going to hold generally. But remember, Waters doesn't care about four-year cycles or halvings. What I care about is the solar cycle or lunar cycle. Mm -hmm. That's what I care about. When we transition into lunar phase, which is going to be March of 2025, that's when things will start to predominantly go bearish across the board. Like That's the way I look at markets. I look at them based in astrology, gematria and numerology at the end of the day that's what's made my work set apart from the rest and i'm not going to disregard that gnosis um the only reason i ever talk about the having or the four-year cycle is because it's just semantic like it's a language to use with the people mm. not everyone who comes to my channel is going to understand that eclipses play a role in the market but well, they do I would love it for you to show the lunar chart with xrp because i was watching a couple of your recent videos and the breakdown was so clear when you pasted the moon chart and you showed the 37 days from when things turn bullish. And it's hard to remember off the top of my head, but I think you know what I'm referring to, correct? 
Are you talking about just the full and new moons? Yeah, exactly. And I believe you compared it to the breakout that happened in 2021, showing that we're about a month away. Yep. Okay. So I'll do this really quickly. I should probably go to this chart. I believe I have the data. Let me see. It's a three-day chart, and I was using this 34 EMA. So let me see if this will load up for everyone, because this was a combination of technical analysis and then something kind of more esoteric. I'll make it clean for everyone by removing these other moving averages. And what you're seeing now, everyone, is the XRP three-day chart. And the only moving average here is the 34 exponential. So it's the 34 EMA on the three-day. And I was looking at this whole move back here as what we were doing now. And coincidentally, which it's not a coincidence, it was all triggered by the start of this SEC versus Ripple case. And what made it now kind of confirm that it's playing out the fractal was when Judge kind of went forward and said XRP is not a security, although the case is still ongoing. So that was what created this move over here, which was this move back here, if you just mimic them. So here was your Flare token distribution. Here was your SEC uh, versus Ripple lawsuit. Here was the uh, XRP no longer deemed a security, and this pullback was because of what someone tell me <laughs> give me the reason <laughs> you know like let me get my crystal ball one second yeah you know like it's a joke but it's like that's the thing it's like it pulls back because none of that shit mattered in the first place it was just the sell wall for big money and they were playing you traders yep. are who rule this market so not your opinions anyways getting back to this i was seeing there's a relationship between the two-day chart 55 simple moving average and the three-day chart 34 exponential which is what we're looking at right now and it has everything to do with this whole fractal playing out and it's timed with the moon cycles so where we're currently at right now is right here somewhere around march uh february march of 2021 that's where we're at right now and if you see i'll give you the play-by-play so you You move up overextended above this 34 EMA. Then you come down and break below it. Pretty dramatic correction. Then you come up, get rejected off of it, and create this W pattern before you get back above it. So that's exactly what happened here. Overextended, broke below it. W pattern, rejected in the middle at the neckline, got above it. And then after you get above it, you go up into the new moon, which I'm going to pull up for you right now. Right there, you can see the highest candle closure we had during that month was on the new moon, and then we trade into the full moon, perfect bottom. Lowest close we got around the full moon. Then after this new moon and full moon in the following month, we essentially are sideways, okay? Because this is a ton of volatility anyways. For it to go pumpy-dumpy for uh, this this type of move, is it needs some stability. Traders were just taking advantage of the fact that people are now focusing on this project because of what's going on with it. Um, and what we're seeing now is a similar play where you could see we have the W I explained before perfectly gravitated up into the new moon, then sold off perfectly into the full moon. And now we need to get through this month's new moon, get through next month's full or this month's full moon, excuse me. And then by January, we should be making this move right here. And, uh, that could initiate actually as early as the end of this year, like around Christmas time. Just be open-minded, though, that it's more than likely into next month's new moon. So that would be January new moon. So when I look at this chart and I see you drawing the correlation, does that tell me you think we're going to have at least 
some sort of a market peak when we reached out those resistance zones or are we on the precipice of something different? Yes. And the reason why is because that could be perfectly timed with the ETF approvals on Bitcoin, right? Mm. You, you feel me? So that would be so perfect, actually. Like, imagine in the super short term, Bitcoin goes up to 50, 54, maybe 56. Then on that pullback, floods some liquidity into XRP. XRP maybe goes to 70, 80 cents. Then at the end of the year, it just starts moving gets into like a dollar, dollar ten, dollar twenty, dollar thirty. And then that Bitcoin, that uh, ETF approval stuff goes down. And then we see a pullback across the board. Um, that would not be weird, but um, it's not going to be, let me get back to this chart. It's not going to be like this. I don't think we're going to see a 70 or 80% correction to follow that. I think we're going to stabilize and it might have a lot to do with this level right here around 84 cents. The level we got rejected at after the initial, um, ripple or sorry xrp no longer being deemed a security yeah it's probably there so if you'd imagine we could come up into this territory around a dollar 30 i should probably draw this out it might make it easier for everyone so yeah come up like this into this uh 1618 and then come back down into the top of the 786 and trade it like the 80 cent level have a little bit of a backup phase and then we need to get through like um yeah we need to get through the February month. February is weird. Uh, admittedly, February is very weird. Uh, when I'm looking at the S&P data going back 80 years, like past World War II in the year of the dragon, we do see that April is a top out zone. Late March to early April is a top out zone. And then we have a pullback into May that lasts into June. And that's perfect because that aligns with my theory of the way the Bitcoin halving works. We're 50 days before the Bitcoin halving and 50 days after the Bitcoin halving are like stable and generally low. Okay. Yep. So the two months before and two months after a halving, Bitcoin is at its lowest it gets before its next leg up. And we're talking price discovery after that. That could lead us into the fall of next year. So, Johnny, I got a couple of questions to follow up with Waters, but one of the things that clearly sticks out to me is, will there be a correlation between XLM and XRP? We talk a lot about XRP, but a lot of our listeners in the live chat want to, want to know about XLM as well. Is that a project that you see basically doing what it's done in the past, kind of following the lead of XRP, moving when it moves? And I'm going to show your screen once more, but I wanted to show you this very briefly this is from this year, and I believe it was in early October when the fake BlackRock XRP product news came out. We saw XRP's price go from $0.64 cents to $0.72 cents within 90 minutes, and then it pulled back corresponding. Look at what Stellar did, the exact same thing, and it had zero related news for this price movement. It wasn't like there was a rumor of BlackRock and Stellar. It was only XRP news, and yet yeah. we saw the exact same movement from XLM. So. I'd like to hear your theories behind that and what you see in the sure. chart as well. It's just because they're the same algo that trades. The trading bots and the way that this is set up is ran by the same algo. Mm. Can you explain that like I'm too? Like I don't yeah. understand? Sh sure. So all of these, a lot of this market movement is not human beings. It's programmers that are humans that program an algorithm. And they're using trading bots. And the trading bots are getting more and more sophisticated because of the uh, advancement of artificial intelligence. So as AI gets stronger and people are developing trading bots that are utilizing this type of technology, um, this is the synchronicity of the moves. And it's not just that, brother. Like There's a lot of coins that, that did that same thing. You'll also see this too, by the way. 
during a certain phase of Bitcoin's Bitcoin dominance and also Bitcoin's price action, we can see that Bitcoin's moves are literally correlated 100% to everything else. Like if you were to pull up a 10-minute chart or a one-minute chart on any volatile moves on Bitcoin, you'll generally see, given where Bitcoin dominance is at, the moves look across the board for every other token. It's mind-blowing. It's like you can just see that that's what's triggering the algorithm across the board. So it's specific with XLM. It's it's mimicking what XRP does. That's pretty obvious. And so people are always annoyed when manipulation goes down, but we're all going to celebrate when it gets manipulated the other direction. Yeah. Is that something you <laughs> see happening during the next year or so? If XRP performs well, XLM would be quick to follow. Do yeah, well, it's, like- it's, it's like saying if Bitcoin does well, everything else does well. You know, like it's yep. funny how everyone hates on Bitcoin, but it's like every Bitcoin bull run is what leads your favorite shit coin to the exactly. sky. Exactly. You know, like, so again, no, no hate here. Just speaking truth. Like it is what it is. Like, I, I don't know. I think we're getting so close and it's beautiful. Like what we've been doing here on your community separately, what I'm doing on my community and a lot of others that are merging together. I think we're finally getting to the point where the tribalism is like disintegrating because it no longer serves us and we could just start to see things clearly now you know exactly. so i think i think that's a beautiful thing i completely I mean, agree with you and i feel like the conversations have become way more positive in the last 6 to 12 months i don't know if that's just because of the p- people i'm surrounding myself with but i did feel like just a couple of years ago it was if you support bitcoin you don't support the alts if you support ethereum you don't support xrp a lot of that's gone away and i think there's profit to be made in all these projects why yeah. would i limit myself with that you know Dumb perspective, for lack of a better word. Right, right. Johnny, it's an unsophisticated way of looking at the market. Exactly, Johnny. I, I don't know if you have any follow up. Continue if you'd like. Listen, smart money is just looking to make money, and they, they know there's no, they don't play favorites. They look for volatility. They look for charts, and they're, and they're gonna, you know, traders, and they're gonna find it. But um, the question that I have for for Waters is when you look at the the XRP chart, and you talked about. You know, maybe we see a, a somewhere around the, the one one six. I think it was around a dollar fifty, dollar sixty. Then you envision the pullback. So you're thinking all that happens pre having, and then after the having, you said first, you know, for fifty days we're kind of sideways, and that's when we start heading up into the bull run. Which really, your anticipation is that doesn't really happen. We don't really see peaks until what the end of a uh, end of 2024. You were thinking, or close to 2025, correct? Uh, you're talking about market cycle tops. Yes. Yes. Yep. So I think the timing of this is going to be similar in a way where we do have like the April uh, initial top, like early April or late March. And this, this is April coming. This coming correct. Year. Correct. Okay. So three to four months away. And this yeah. is this is everything to do with the upcoming lunar and solar eclipse. So mm-hmm. just take note of that if you want specific dates. I would suspect that we move up into this time frame, and then that's all she wrote. We probably just chill out um, after a little correction, be low volatility and boring throughout like May, June, and then getting through July into August, we should start to feel it get exciting again into September. Um, so that will look like a peak kind of, you know, yep. it'll look yep. sort of like a peak in April uh, vibe. But then I think we're going to really get this show moving in fall time, like September, October, November of next of 2024. 
similar to what we saw the last, from what I recall, I remember similar things. April was a real exciting time. Things were pumping and everything kind of, I think we hit bottoms in July and then back in October, November. Yeah. Course. Like you, you could also see this whole essence over here. Like you have the C-19 crash, but what we see is just stable in April, May, yep. and then still stable through June into then, the beginning of July. And then and we yeah, just move boom. up from July into like September we have yeah. a little backup phase here, but then it starts getting real wild in like November. So, I mean, November's always been a trigger month. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so for me, I guess so. So, the, so you're thinking this one last opportunity possibly for Bitcoin as we get that pulled. I think it's going to be a sell the, sell the rumor kind of a thing or sell the news, I should say, by the rumor for this Bitcoin ETF. Um, but I do believe in the long run, we will see new money, new flood of liquidity coming into this space. So do you think that just takes us to higher highs in this next bull run because of the new money that's going to flood into the space that hasn't, I mean, like you said, you know, BlackRock's going to have their people on their phone calling all their clients. Hey, you can get into this new product now. We got a Bitcoin ETF and 401k money's going to flood in. All this money's right. going to flood in, right? Now, here's the thing. 401k money, you can't just... That's going to just sit there, right? It's not like money can flood in and flood out pretty quickly. Usually when people put their 401k money into something, they kind of just set it and forget it, and they're not looking at it, and they're not trading it. you know. So I don't know if we'll see all the money flood out of Bitcoin in the past like we've seen, like we've seen in the past. But I yeah. do believe that'll help bring us to a more level Bitcoin value. And I'm curious where you think. Where do you see that kind of leveling off? There's so many numbers out there. People saying 125,000, 250, some say 500,000. Do you have any thoughts on what your gut tells you from your trading or what you're seeing? Really briefly, Waters, I just want to say, if he's doing a XLM analysis, I'll be sure to remember that question. If you want to break down XLM, I can cut that. We can go into the XLM chart and then we'll circle back to Johnny's question if that's what you want to break down. Um, no, I mean, I could answer Johnny's question first and then we could take it from there. Um, essentially, I don't really burden myself right now with where Bitcoin's all-time high is going. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because everyone has their opinion. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that this is like a dangerous time like to talk about this stuff. Even though I have my answers, I have my theories, I have my ideas. But yeah, like... Uh, you know, like I share analysis and numbers and then people are like, you're wrong. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck do you want me to say the thing for? Like, what was the point? <laughs> I mean, of course you're wrong. It's and crazy. you're going to hear the comments. You're going to hear the comments light up too. Like you're going to see that type of energy. So yeah, like for me, I think, what does it even matter where, what price it goes to? I've started to change my perspective. I know it's unsexy and perhaps that's the re that's what I'm here to be in the crypto space is like the most the the hottest sauna in the retreat you know like i think <laughs> yeah. that's i think that's probably the most fun actually because then we stay in the process and we get away from the outcome so if i tell people today that bitcoin's going to one hundred and seventy thousand or whatever they're just going to be like oh well water said that it's yeah. going to 100 it's like yeah well, okay yeah. if that's how you want to look at me yeah. if that's my legacy <laughs> then i mean whatever you know so it's all the things in between now and then that i think are more fun and what keep this market more exciting and like what provides us this sense of like community. And yeah. what I see happened in the last cycle is everyone was just like, this person's right and this person's wrong. And it's like, well, you know, we make 200 videos a year 
Um, I'm sure the guy who's right also had a, at least a hundred of them were wrong in your belief of what right and wrong is as a consumer. Um, yeah, so I, I think six figures is definitely possible for yeah. sure. Um, what we're seeing above six figures could be a wick, you know, like we could see, uh, we could see Bitcoin have a week above six figures and go straight to 200,000 and then come right back down to a hundred thousand. Like, why not? You know, like I know it sounds crazy, but like we're talking about cryptocurrency. Yeah, and, and really quick, think about this. What Water said earlier in the show is he believes we are in the hope phase. We are past the disbelief and we are in the hope. He doesn't have to give a price target. This is a perfect visual of what he believes we are on the spectrum of experiencing. This is very, very telling, Johnny. If we are in the hope phase, we've got one last regression, and then we're going to head into optimism, belief, thrill, and euphoria. We've been through it before. And the number one thing that we're going to experience during that time is ridiculous price targets. $250,000, $500,000 Bitcoin. If we get to $500,000 Bitcoin, which I don't believe we will, they'll be calling for a million dollars. So you're better off going with the illustration, setting your own price targets and using those instead of deferring to people like Waters or, or whoever, because it, you're removing the responsibility that you should have for your own finances and saying I did something because somebody else told me to. Once you're past 16, 17 years old, it's just unacceptable, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I but if you're you. but if you're 15, you could be a little shit. There you go. No, it's a funny, it's a funny joke, but it's like we should be teaching our kids like from the beginning to just become self-reliant. And like I, I know that these uh these price projections and all that, they're really fun. Like it's interesting. And you know, like the funny part though is no matter where we are in the price projections, like I did the same thing in November and October, back when I started my channel in 2021. But uh, everyone forgets me talking about publicly de-risking every time we were getting into 61, 62 Bitcoin, 63 Bitcoin. I was fucking publicly talking about, well, I'm selling. I don't care if this shit goes to 100,000. Like, I'm selling. Why? Because I have an exit strategy. That's yep. why. That's like, I have an exit strategy. I have a, I bought this fucking thing at $8,000. So I don't care if it goes to, to 120 or 130 or 140. I don't care if it goes to a million. Like I know that based off of where I got in, this is a solid place to get out. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't sell all my Bitcoin, but I sold enough to make sure that I'm not the one bitching and moaning on the sidelines in a bear market. That's all. Like I could feel confident. And I, I know that a lot of people are new to this game and they've never sold before. You know, there's some people that are holding on XRP for like four years and they've never sold a single token. And it feels nerve wracking to them. But I'll tell you, every client I've ever had that did de-risk over this current year at any of these targets we were talking about, they write back to me being like, I now feel like a new person. Yep. It's like you're it's like you're selling the hoarded shit you have in your house <laughs> on like a uh, what is it called? You know, like a flea market. You're like, it's like you're finally getting it off your, your, the cobwebs are dusted off and you could just move on. There's something to selling where like it has a physiological response with you. Like it, I, I know that people, people don't know this, uh, but it's real. Like it's super real. Whenever I hear selling Johnny Crypto, I think of the Theo Vaughn joke about uh, our friend Gary. Oh, what's his name? He's super motivating. Oh, but Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk, where he says, guys, yeah. if you're seriously committed, sell your house and live in the yard. Get rid of everything. Sleep on the property. And I think yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk's like, yo, sell everything and buy an NFT. 
Yeah. yeah. It's like sleep outside in a tent and then you could have a digital token that has no fucking value except for my <laughs> rant. The rant it has value. We should just turn Gary Vaynerchuk's rants into NFTs. <laughs> they yeah, might do. Don't give me don't give me any ideas. Yeah. They might do that. That guy's hilarious, bro. He he was dope when he was making wine videos, though. I don't know if anyone hears into like wine, natural wine. He was mm-hmm. doing that back in the day when nobody was doing it. So like, I always show my respect and give my flowers to Gary V. Nobody talks about his wine entrepreneur journey he did kind of come from like nothing basically and he started his parent he like took over his parents wine store that was failing and he killed it he used online marketing and social media and all that really dope that's where that's his lane you know now he's just like come on come on bro johnny crypto i thought saw you had a question if not we're gonna get into some xlm content you know i was gonna talk about the challenge in selling we talked about it's it's, it's mental it's a mental challenge and people are afraid. I've talked to enough, enough number of people now as we've launched Merlin. And the biggest thing they tell me is it's so hard to sell because of their fear of missing out that it's going to keep going up. They think it's going to keep going up and up and they're going to miss out on their chance to be, you know, make life changing money. And so they instead watch it come down on the back end. And that's the sad part. And that's why, you know, I think what we're trying to do here, Waters, is what you said is educate people to have an exit plan Take some profits on the way up. Yes, you're not going to catch the top. Yes, you're going to watch it go higher and you're going to be pissed that, you know, that maybe it went higher and you sold too early. But you know what? When it comes sliding down 90% on the back end, at the end of this whole thing, man, you're going to feel great that you took those profits. It's not until it's a lag effect. You're actually going to feel it much, much later because most people aren't going to catch the top. But what I find fascinating and what I was attracted to your website and what you do is taking astrology and numerology and, and gematria, bringing that all together and seeing how that impacts the curves. And so the question I have for you, and then we hop on to XLM is, or then whatever topics we got abs is, is there, you mentioned that in March of 2025, I think you said was the, I made a note of it here, that there's a loon, a lunar, was it a lunar event that's coming that usually then kind of leads us to going down. So the question I have is between now and then is that what what is the event trigger that usually brings us up and when is that target or when is that timing if there is one? So you, you want to know when is the start of the lunar cycle? Well, the lunar cycle is what you said drives everything down. That was March of 2025, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So what's the what start we have of the, the... the opposite of lunar cycle? What's the one that drives everything up? So a solar cycle. Let me solar. show you really. Right, yeah, it. let me let me show you really quickly in this Bitcoin chart. Um, kind of makes sense of all of this. Yeah, Bitcoin's this literally trading at forty four k right now. It's fucking yes, crazy. Yeah. All right. So here crazy. we are. Here we are. I'm gonna turn off the everything. Okay. So right here, in May of 2021, there was a lunar eclipse that triggered a start of a lunar cycle. And that was effectively the end of your alt season and effectively the end of the bull run. There was a upside bull trap, which is a very rare fractal that played out where we have a higher high bull trap. This was very elusive. But again, it's because Bitcoin always hits all-time highs in this Q4 time frame. So we knew this was early. This was um, a big lesson learned for all of us the seeing this slightly higher high bull trap anyways it was over here the crypto bull run ended here in may of 2021 on this correction 
the only things that really went up were a couple of isolated projects and one of them was Terra Luna and that shit went to zero. So uh, even Solana had about 95% correction after moving with Bitcoin into the finality of all of this. And it's again, Solana, Solar, Sol Cycle, etc. But then when we started our Solar Cycle, it was right here, April 20th of 2023. That was where we were starting off solar cycle energy and this will last all the way until march of 2025 uh, okay. what we see is leading into a solar cycle bitcoin recovers up we like get pulled into a solar cycle this is something i talked about on my channel pretty much a year ago from today to anticipate moving up into the solar eclipse of april to be very bullish now the next phase of our bull run will move with the eclipses as well so this is all based on eclipses and it's the october 2nd solar eclipse of 2024 that's the one that i think is going to make all this stuff go ape shit. so october 2nd if abs wants to pull up his graph that he's been showing throughout this episode this will kind of i could show you what phase i believe will be so we'll be going into optimism and from optimism up up to euphoria we're talking a couple months Okay, so yeah, I believe optimism will show up on the solar eclipse of maybe specific October 2nd of next year. We got a fucking year to go, family. Like we're just getting cooking right now. Like this is the most fun part when we're still when we're low, you know, because we have a lot like where we're at in hope. If I had to be super specific is we're moving into the first peak of hope. And then this move down will be probably what happens in the short term. And then the second peak of hope will be around April. And then we'll be getting out of that hope phase and moving into optimism after the summertime. So just assume like July into August, we'll be leaving that hope energy and moving into optimism. And you're going to see the whole narrative start to change. And by then, all these ETFs and all that mess will be approved and over with. And we'll be, you know, everyone will just talk about the election then. And they'll be distracted by that while people that are focused on crypto and focused on this market cycle will be able to take advantage of these final couple of months. So Waters, let me ask you, I, I believe I saw somebody basically do a much simpler version of what we're talking about with the four-year cycles. And they copy and pasted previous cycles to figure out where the next market high would be. And I believe they calculated about November of 2025. And my <laughs> biggest fear is, no, no, Waters actually said 2024. Am I correct? No, when it comes to the cycle top, it, it depends on what we're talking about. Are we talking about altcoins? Are we talking about Bitcoin? Are we talking about the mm, stock market? You know, like, Bitcoin. okay, if we're just going to go with Bitcoin, it's typically before the end of the year. So that would be like November, December. But I am working on a crazy presentation that I'm going to have coming out soon. It's going to be a two-part series released on um, the beginning of the year. It's going to be the year of the dragon decoded. It's going to give everyone all the information they need for the whole year, just like I did last year or this year, excuse me, with the year of the rabbit. But then it's going to have a part two follow-up uh, potentially. And it's going to be going deep into like what the cycle is likely to be like for Bitcoin in advance. I'm also going to be adding all that information into my crypto mastermind course to just edit some of the stuff that's changed since then. So yeah, like I'm kicking off this new year with so much value and so, so many things that'll provide tools to people so that you can make up your own mind. You know, it's just clear yeah. truth evidence that we've had from the past. Um, 
But this year of the snake, I don't want to get all woo-woo right now, but I think we do need to consider that this year of the snake uh, conversation is going to be something you're going to hear me talk about a lot in my work and in future interviews because we have an anomaly uh, with that year. First of all, I think the United States of America military is going to go into a war in the year of the snake. So in the year of 2025, America will start to get involved in a global war. That means next year, there's going to be something else that enters this current war narrative. It's most likely going to be China because it's the year of the dragon, dragon, China, etc. So with that being said, it's making me think that when we look back to World War One, World War II, um, specifically World War II, we had the data. We weren't super bearish. Like wars print money. You understand? Like, so this is like crazy when you think about it. Like, if you look at global events and wars and all this other stuff going on, if you start to throw in like the Shemitah and solar and lunar cycles and all the other stuff that I talk about, you could really dial in like the timing of all things. So I think that there's a potential that in maybe April of 2025, there could be some isolated bullish movers like or March, like right before the end of the solar cycle. Because remember, the solar cycle effectively is finished by March 13th of 2025. So Q1 2025 has opportunity. And if we're talking about Bitcoin, even though we haven't really seen it before, I mean, that could be a possibility that we go up into January, February. Um, with altcoins, that makes total sense because of just liquidity moving over. And for the stock market, we'll have to see. But with a new president and all that other shit, you know, with Fed policy and everything else, like there'll probably be plenty to recircle back to when we get closer. Hey, Waters, I uh, I took a note of that, so I wrote it down here. March second, or uh, sorry, October second. And what's great about it is that's a Wednesday. <laughs> Rosh Hashanah. I'm gonna get you on the show that day. We'll talk about it. See. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Rosh Hashanah, right? That's right. That's actually oh, that's. Yeah, that's that's super fucking important. Like people need to realize this Hebrew New Year um, is is definitely big. It's celebratory and it's something I talk about in all my videos. I haven't been talking about it lately because it's like I just want to stop talking about it. Like I had a full year talking about the Shemitah with Coach JV and yep. then a full year talking about the Jubilee with everyone. So, yeah, like now that we're moving on, it's good to not have to talk about that stuff anymore. People used to be like, why are you always talking about it? And I'm like, because we someone needs to. It's the it's the actual thing that moves this market. Like, what do you want? Like, you it, know, it, I can lie to you <laughs> or you could get funny. the truth. It's funny because everybody in the Academy talks about the Shemitah. And if it wasn't for you, nobody would even know what that word means. I mean, you put that word on the map. I mean, everybody in the we'd be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, happy Shemitah. You know, we're all into it. I mean, we all knew it was coming and we knew. And and a lot of people who followed you or the Academy was talking about it. It's because you, you made people aware. You brought people's awareness. You know, there's an old saying. A very wealthy man, he said, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do, right? There's a reason why they're billionaires and not millionaires. So I believe there's something there. I believe this totally. So we don't have to we don't have to think about that Shemitah stuff till 2028. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. But actually, no, it's a no, but it's a very good thing because what does the Shemitah do? It's every bull run cycle and huge correction. So if if you invest leading into the Shemitah, you're a fucking legend. Yeah. Like you are a legend. If you invest whenever there's some weird thing going on in the world stage before a Shemitah, you're effectively buying at the most likely time to go profitable. 
So why bet against the the data that goes back a hundred years in the charts? You know. Never. So I'm actually I'm optimistic. For me, it's just talking about it too much is what burns me out. <laughs> Trust okay. me, family. Like I don't love talking about certain things often. I try to, I try to not, but it's needed. Waters, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what the total market cap for all all things combined would be at the peak of the next market. We oh, got yeah. 908 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash wow. that like button. And I want to say a special thank you to Waters. It's always a learning experience when we get to chat like this. But, you know, we're, we need to talk about XLM as well. So let's break down the total market cap. And then before the end of the show, we'll do a little XLM action and we'll let Waters go. So thank you so right. much. Well, let's just talk about XLM real quick. All right. So since we have that on our minds... I have this chart here. I'll break down a couple things. So for one, I want you to look at this blue trend line. It was showing a resistance from the prior all-time high or the current all-time high, excuse me, all the way through the end of the C19 correction, this V-shaped recovery. And effectively, once we got above it and started to balance on this 236, we were off. All right. So there's a couple trigger points to consider here. The 236 FIB is always critical. And the fact that you have rejections going on for 800 days at a specific level and a continuation of a downtrend, meaning lower highs and lower lows every single time, ending on the same pivot that everyone else did, uh, which was this black swan event, right? Black swans are always the best time to buy, as we know. Well, then once we broke out of this, um, that was a really big sign. The next thing we have here, I'm going to zoom into this current cycle that we're looking at. So I have a FIB pulled from this current swing high of the 2021 May timeframe down to the swing low end of last year. And we could see where our 236 is right now. The 236 FIB is exactly where Stellar Lumens is trading today. One thing to mention is we got rejected off of this 382 around the same time we got all the hype with XRP uh, in that case. Well, we could also see another similar trend line that we've had. Um, rejections off of. I know this doesn't look super clean, but whenever we have extremes in the data, I want you to disregard them because there's this crypto. The volatile nature of this asset class is it's too much when you're doing trend lines, right? So we have a lot of touch points on this trend line, and I could see that currently we're battling that. That's a big level for me because not only is it this resistance, it's also the 236 FIB. We could see going back here too, there's this other crucial trend line that's been in play. And it was all these rejections here, which led to the bottom of our current cycle. Again, one last rejection before we got above it and we've back tested it since. So this is this is the best trend lines I could share. I try to not get too crazy with the lines because then you're just like Bob Ross playing around with a fucking paintbrush and it's not TA anymore. <laughs> but when it comes to when it comes to this over here. put a little cloud over there yeah yeah i'm gonna draw some fucking clouds on this chart maybe maybe then it'll go up maybe a couple of <laughs> maybe then it'll go up put, yeah. put, a, put a tsunami underneath the bottom there yeah up. yeah put a put somebody blowing air um xrp's yeah. like nasa the moon mission that never happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. Buzz, exactly that's a buzz aldrin quote uh -oh. um, all right. So um, getting back to this, I think clearing this 236 is one of the things to consider specifically with this trend line. And then what we have would be the initiation of a true automatic rally. And uh, that's a micro cycle automatic rally. All right, everyone, which means that you, you typically gravitate back up to the golden pocket. So I can see there's a clear horizontal level right there of rejections, this kind of crown top distribution before we had continuation of the downside that's sitting at around 38 cents. So 
That would be what would be sensible if we were to see a $1 plus XRP. If we were to see XRP break into $1.10, $1.20, $1.30, I do think that we will see this $0.38 cent level tested on XLM. And that would probably be um, something to consider de-risking. The only thing I could say is it has to do, it, it has to come back to the timing of the move. All right. And we already went over the timing so much today. So we're not going to be going there. Um, but one thing I do have is this level mapped out. If you guys remember before when I was breaking down Wyckoff, this would be your buying climax. This is your selling climax. This is your automatic rally, but kind of like a double top, which is very bearish. But anyways, if you can break this level, if you can start closing weeklies above 56 cents, this thing can pretty much go straight to three bucks. Um, and I don't know if it's going to have much more juice in the tank um, because by then XRP will probably be such a key focus that the algorithms won't match up anymore. So I know that's a little avant-garde and a little bit uh, theoretical, but I believe anyone who kind of looks at these charts enough could vibe with what I'm saying. I don't think this algo is going to match much longer. Um, into price discovery especially. So if we only see like a $7 move on XRP, then we could get a $3 uh, XLM. But if we start seeing XRP break into 10 bucks, 15, 20, 25, I, I don't think it's going to continue to follow. I don't think XLM is going to continue to follow XRP. So Johnny, does that get you optimistic as somebody who's not as like, somebody like who's pretty close to a regular person when they're looking at TA, when you hear what Waters just said about XRP and XLM and everything going forward, what's your initial reaction? Just because I want to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, no, it, to me, it's a little, I've always kind of felt the two of them are kind of been lockstep and synced to some degree. The ratio is what I'm interested in. So you're thinking it's a two to one ratio until we get to about seven or eight dollars uh, Waters. And then above that, you think they kind of unlock and you know, these decouple, if you will, where XRP would keep going up and, and, and XLM might kind of just go sideways. Is that, did I understand that correctly? Not go. So I just think that like it could only last for so long. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Like I think that it's been working thus far, but I think eventually there's going to be a moment where market cap needs to stabilize and it can't just rise all equally across the board. You understand? Yeah. That's my issue. I almost feel like the market cap mm. will be considered um, for both. And that might be a better way of analyzing market cap uh, for upside potential on both projects. Like combine the market cap. That might be a really cool uh, project for any of us to do. Yeah, Johnny, something else that really sticks out to me when you look at like these charts zoomed out is that these altcoins go up for about 10% of the time that they trade down. So it seems like if XLM or XRP enters this bullish territory, we could go to $3 and that could happen in a couple of week period like Waters has broken down. Correct. And it, you didn't say $3 in particular. I'm just using it as an example. But we'll see a pullback that lasts 10 times as long. And that's why it's so important to have an exit plan. Johnny talked about watching a token go up and being frustrated. Try watching it go down. Try having $10,000 worth of a token, waiting six months and watching it be worth $1,500. That'll motivate you to hit the sell. That's what we're trying to avoid here. And obviously, that's why we created Merlin. Check it out. 30 days absolutely free. You go in there, set your sell targets, and execute during the bull runs so you don't have to experience that pain. But floor is yours, Waters. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, we could see very easily here on this total market cap chart that 
when you pull the fib from the prior cycle, this is like when all the altcoins as we know it were pretty much involved, you know? So this is a clean cycle to consider. We have this swing high to swing low on the fib. And by the way, I'm looking at a logarithmic scale and I'm making sure that my fib retracement tool has this checked off where it says fib levels based on log scale. That's critical because if you're not using that, it's going to look a lot different. But anyways, when we look at the 1618, the golden ratio, we topped out perfectly at that level. So three trill was essentially in alignment with one, the 1618. Now, if we extend this out, it's been a while since I've actually looked at this. Um, also, what I want you guys to consider right now is you see the way that this interacted with the golden pocket compared to where we are now. That's a trigger. If we are moving up, I would suspect we go lower than the 702 fib in the short term. This could all be completed by like fucking January. All right. So don't expect. Uh, I would not expect higher than 2.22 trill right now, like in the short term, uh, meaning that I don't think it's going to be as bullish in altcoins <laughs> as some might think. Um, all things considered, we're not even close to alt season yet. That's about a year away. This um, is total cap you're showing us, though, right? Total. Is that so what you guys I wanted? I, can get, well, I got a question for you. So Yusko, when we had him on the show, thinks that we're going to be able to get to about possibly $5 trillion. What would that be? What what level is that if we get to $5 trillion? Is that a 2.68 or a 4.26? What does that put us at if we get to $5 trillion? Well, it would still be below the golden ratio, but like I actually agree. Like, oh. I kind of think that we we won't extend out as much. Um, so if I was to turn this off, all right, and I was to keep this on a linear scale regarding this FIB setting that I brought up a little bit ago, turn it off. Yeah. We can see that we have the 1618 get lowered to the 4.42. I don't love doing this, by the way. Like, this is something that I would use if I'm looking at, like, an altcoin chart for a full year or, okay. or less. Um, when I'm looking at long-term data and when I'm looking at big fucking numbers, like this is $3 trillion, you know, you want to be looking logarithmically and with the log scale setting turned on in the FIB. But just for fun and to play around, I always teach everyone do both, do yep. both, compare both, because to be completely honest, this would be a better level to de-risk than to try to catch the perfect top because who right. gets the top? The exchanges are shut down that day, right? Yeah, so this is actually exactly. smarter. This Nobody is gets much yeah. precisely so um yeah and then by seeing where this 2618 is it's shy of that seven trill marker which again is giving you a much i think uh more believable so yeah i mean between four and six but a big but we don't we don't really know how much money can move into the space with this etf stuff exactly. you know like we just don't we really don't know i mean yeah. that's the big money this that's has not been big money so far right and, What's Bitcoin's market cap? I think Bitcoin's market cap is like higher than Wells Fargo. It's higher than like Chase. It's yeah, I, than- I can pull up a, a statistic. Can you? Yeah, because I would Actually, even be. Cons- has a tweet out there that shows uh, where it falls in the top 10. It's like within the top 10 of the largest assets in the world. So while he's pulling that up. So a 5 trillion puts us slightly above a 1.68. Is that correct? On this, on, on what you're showing here? Uh, uh, if I was to look at it linearly with the literally, li- but you're saying you're better off looking at logarithmic. Lo- no, both, both. And then kind of show up in the middle. Yeah. So 5 trillion is not like when you said this person, I forgot who you said, but Mark, when you, uh, s- He's, uh, okay. Yeah. You said around 5 trillion. Yeah. That's not weird to me. Uh, okay. Seems yeah, realistic. Not weird okay, at all. That, yeah. That, it seems that, realistic. Here's that list, by the way, goal. So Bitcoin is above Berkshire Hathaway and Tesla right now in, in the midst of where we are at 41,000. Yeah. That's mind blowing. Wow, look at it's that. It's crazy. 
Look at That's that. Man. Here's what here's a here's a bold prediction. Bitcoin is 100% going to pass silver at 1.4 trillion dollars this cycle. That seems very safe. Think about that. That's 10 years ago or even 5 years ago that would have been considered unbelievable. It goes to show how quickly things can change. And it's funny you still got people saying Bitcoin's going to zero, Bitcoin's crap, it's garbage. What they don't realize is the elites have latched onto it. The wealthy have have ruled. The wealthy have said it's here, it's here to stay. It isn't going anywhere. And I know a lot of people, you know, don't believe that and that's fine, but I I can't I can't get on board with people thinking Bitcoin's going to zero. That's just well, you, you know, one thing to mention, can you go back to that list really quickly? You know, like all the things that are on this list are people who are aware of Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> they're the if you're aware of this stuff, even if you're in these companies, like you don't think Apple as a company has Bitcoin under like on their radar? Of course they do. Like look okay. at their cash position. Yeah. Look at their cash position. I think Apple's cash billion. position is bigger than the whole GDP of Ireland. It's 150 billion last time I checked. Right. And the only reason I know that is because And you think that's benefiting them, keeping it in fucking cash, like green toilet paper? No. No. Like but 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 a big but is they're really smart compared to the average person where they're holding these huge cash positions after the Shemitah. And this is something I taught JV and everyone when we first connected is you all say cash is trash, but you need to realize the placement of the Shemitah. So cash is not trash during the end of a Shemitah. Like it is the it's best safe, thing to be in. Safe it's the, thing. <laughs> it's right. the best thing to be in because it's what you could utilize to accumulate these ridiculously, uh, you know, cataclysmic looking charts that you see at the end of a Shemitah. And that was the market bottom for the stock market it was right there in September of 2022. Anyways, getting back to this um, idea, I think a lot of those uh, companies on that list, you know, those are the people, either if you're invested in those things as a, as a retail investor, you know about Bitcoin. And if you're somebody who's in those companies, you also probably know about Bitcoin. And then gold and silver investors, probably, like I have this theory that, and by the way, I just picked up a gold position for the first time uh, this year. So this is not me shitting wow. on gold. I'm not, I'm not talking negatively about gold. I'm just telling my truth here. I think that people in silver and gold that are a little bit more like, I don't want to get into the whole like boomer and like naming people by generation, but I think they're so, they're so over, they're so over this like waiting game, watching Peter Schiff drool on you cycle <laughs> after cycle, like a baby wearing a diaper with a pacifier in its mouth, screaming at the top of its lungs. Like where they're over that, right? No, shout out to Peter Schiff. I want to talk with him sometime. But you know, like he's he this type of narrative, it's never worked. It's still fail, it's failing. Um, and I picked up a gold position for my own reasoning and my own investment thesis and portfolio. Um, again, I'm moving more to a wealth mindset and away from the rich mindset. So it's been a needed um, you know, thing for me. But I do think that those people are gonna get burned out on gold and silver not moving the way that they see these other more speculative and newer assets moving. I still think gold is going to 2,400, but like, yeah, 2,400 an ounce on gold compared to what Bitcoin's done over the past couple of weeks. I mean, why, what are we doing? Right. Like we're wasting our time here. Exactly. Um, Bitcoin's going to keep that. climbing that ladder that we're looking at right now. Like Bitcoin will overtake Apple in market cap for sure. 
you heard it in crypto. And what I want to focus on now is if XRP, sorry, if altcoin market reaches five trillion in market cap, what we've seen in previous cycles is the dominance of individual tokens. And Johnny, give me a thumbs up clearly here. Absolutely losing. You're breaking up. Uh, well, I'll give you I'm going to fix the audio. Take the floor. You go fix the audio. And I'm going to answer this question from our man, Pirate Dave, when he says, what is Merlin? Guys, Merlin, in case you're new to the show, is a, uh, a crypto tracking app that we created here uh, that helps you bring all your coins in one place, allows you to take them off the exchanges where nobody wants to be. And you can actually still see them, see what's going on. Remember, Merlin is not a uh, a wallet on exchange. We don't custody it. We just allow you to see everything. It's a tracker. But real importantly, we've created a tool where you can create an exit strategy. And we've been talking this whole episode of why it's so important to have an exit strategy. And then Merlin sends you text alerts saying, hey, your price target is you know 5% away. Make sure you go sell. And then when it's hit, we send you another alert telling you, hey, time to sell so that you don't get caught watching this stuff go all the way up and all the way down because the game is designed for you, remember, you are their exit liquidity. So you decide, Do you? and these are screenshots right here, guys, of what Merlin is. You could either be somebody's exit liquidity or you could be the, or you could get out before you're the exit liquidity. And Merlin helps you do that by allowing, and you can see right there, beautiful. You can see all your coins in one place. You can see your average cost, your total gains and losses, and you can create an exit strategy and get your alerts set up so that man, when those price and we've already had a few people saying, "Hey, Johnny, you had a couple hits yesterday." They're Johnny, my Wi Fi is back. So, well, before it cuts out on me, I want to get my question in here, guys. Check out Merlin thirty days absolutely free, and the it, the link is the first one down below. But Waters, if we're predicting five trillion in total market cap, last cycle XRP reached seventeen percent dominance. Ethereum reached about thirty percent dominance. Those are huge numbers. Do you think we're going to see something similar this time around where we can use the dominance of individual tokens to kind of calculate price targets for ourselves? That's one way of doing it. You know, my way is a little bit more esoteric. Like when it comes to the way that I set up my exit strategy, I always consider Gamatria and then I consider market cap and then I also consider the TA. So yeah, like I, I have my own system. And I have this thing called the exit strategy blueprint that's over on my website, watersabove.com. It's my cheapest thing that's available on my website with a discount. It comes out to around 50 bucks. And it teaches you exactly how to set up something like Merlin. You know, like it basically, it's like a companion in that way. So this way you can know what how to get those numbers. And you're, you know, I think that's that's kind of the way that I've designed it so that you can use the charts, you could use the decoding, you could use whatever you're interested in and get fine-tuned to a place. But then also there's a, a way of looking at the numbers to stay conservative in the process mm -hmm. because it's going to feed back to you numbers that are going to be absurd in some situations. And you need to know like, okay, what did I start with? And what are my goals? What are my targets? Because I think that's crucial. A lot of people, when it comes to setting up exit strategies and setting up like these ideas of where projects are going to go, they come up with all their fancy algorithms or they look at the plan B charts and all that. And like that stuff's great and all, but like, what are your numbers? You know, like what are your targets? And I think oh, that always needs to be considered. You know, yeah. if you're somebody who has a hundred thousand dollars in debt, you're have student loans or you whatever, like, well, you need to build your numbers around that kind of stuff, right? Because your goal should always be sovereignty. So if the thing that clears out this hundred dollar uh, bill for you, hundred thousand dollar bill for you is XRP going to seven bucks, 
then why wouldn't you de-risk at that level, even though the TA and the and everything else tells you that it could go to 20, right? It would be irresponsible because what if you're wrong? Then you're fucked. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're you can't have you can't cover this big expense that's has all this interest on it because of what the Fed's been doing with rates. And you see, like you need to have a reason. I, I I've said this before. It's not just what you need to have a why. Once you have a why, then it has purpose. And when it has purpose, then you will, then it will start to make sense. Yeah. I like what you said there, you know, companionship to what you do. I certainly can see speaking of that, a partnership between Maryland and Waters, but we'll have to talk about it. Somewhere. But the reality is you're right. That's the beautiful thing of having an exit plan. Waters is if you know, you need to, Take some profit at $7 to break even or to pay off a bill. Boom, there's target number one. Then the great thing about having an exit strategy, it's not just one target. You can have multiple targets. And by the way, you don't sell all your bags either. You set certain percentages. So you're so spot on that people can look at their, their personal situations, understand what they need to either break even or pay off debt. And those things can start to be, be some of your exit targets. So hopefully guys are starting to realize, hopefully we're, you know, we're talking these strategies and just getting people to just think about doing things differently. And Waters, I don't know if we have enough time to do this, but I would love for you to just address this really quickly. We look at the dominance from previous cycles and you can see every cycle, it appears that Bitcoin dominance dissipates slightly. In the beginning of this market, Bitcoin was 95, 85% dominance at its lowest. Now we're obviously heading into that 50% range. So the question that I have for you is when you look at previous cycles and where the dominance was, is that an indicator you use at all? Or is that just kind of not something that's worth applying to future cycles? Yeah, I, I think it might be worth applying, but I think we're kind of, when we look at the data on the Bitcoin dominance chart, it's really skewed and awkward because we have that cycle back in 2012 where Bitcoin was alone. And then we only had some altcoins in like that 2014, 15, 16 cycle um, yeah, yeah. So it's like we don't have much data to work with. And I think when we start going really hardcore on solidifying truths with limited data, that could become a slippery slope. So it's not something that I, I, I give any weight to, but it's always something to consider. Like I talk about Bitcoin dominance in my videos when needed. Um, I even kind of re recapped it in my last YouTube video. Oh, no, sorry. In my last Red Pill podcast that I put out. It's this chart that I have here. Um, I don't really know if this is answering much for you guys, but um, yeah, I could see there being a 60% dominance um, throughout next year, uh, believe it or not. And when we break, when we break this 56 or so, if I zoom in right now, by the way, I'm looking at weekly candles. So this thing has been riding up this trend line for a full year now, and we're effectively about to close another candle this week. We have this 1618 level. That's huge. Golden ratio. Once we get to 56, um, I do think that's going to be an alignment with Bitcoin topping out in the short term, like we've been talking about, coming back to this trend line. And then I think it's actually going to get kind of lazy in the altcoins from, you know, let's just say late March, April through the summertime into the fall. And as it gets lazy there, um, yeah, we'll see the next leg up in Bitcoin dominance, probably hanging out between this 382 fib and this 236 in the macro. Um, somewhere around 60% and it could, it could chop around 60% until, um, you know, Q4 next year. Well, Waters, I just want to say thank you. And I want to give everybody a quick reminder, where can they find your content, your courses, your website, all that information? 
Yeah, so you could check out my web uh, my website watersabove.com. I also have my YouTube channel. I post weekly. I do a weekly live stream as well, typically on Saturday. I do a podcast every week on Sundays in my Patreon, patreon.com slash watersabove. That's a whole community hanging out there. So if you're interested in any of the stuff that we're talking about, that's what we're doing. And I give much more frequent updates over there as well. I tell everyone when I'm making investments, when I'm buying and selling. I also share not only in my podcast, I give updates live weekly. So if there's anything that's been changing about the market, I've been going hard on those more than ever to make sure to get that stuff out. Um, and then if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll find my official links in a link tree um, post. It's important because there's plenty of scammers pretending to be me and stay safe out there, family. Absolutely, guys. And I want to say thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to Waters Above for joining the show today. We got 845 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Thank you, Waters. Woo!